Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense. Trying to tangle with us, scoop up a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, Are you seriously going to turn this into a little golf podcast? I was going to thank you very much for uh, making a special Masters edition of the Balls podcast. That's really kind of you. I know. Masters, is that because we're all over 35? It's because everybody's over 35 who plays at the Masters. <laughs> also, everybody who listens to podcasts is over 35. The Masters is on right as we speak. Tiger's looking old because he is old. So he's the Still- only guy playing, I understand. From the coverage. Well, he's anybody who we care about, and he's playing quite well, considering he couldn't walk, you know, six months ago. Well, we we, care about is being very broad and generous, but uh, there are a lot of people there. Of course, there are. There are a lot of old white dudes following around, going, "Go in the hole!" Another really intelligent shit. That that bit can yeah, die in a fire, but you know. Those of us who American golf fans. Are they worse than American Formula One fans? Ooh, who we maybe. discovered it last week through Drive to Survive. And have... Yes, the golf fans have been doing it for a lot longer. Yes, this is true. But a lot I, of them I only discovered watch... it in the 90s when Tiger with his red shirt rocked up. Yeah, that's right. But I did watch, uh, I think it was Norman's choke, um, which I was really devastated about at the time. But actually now I kind of feel like it's it's calmer in, in sort of... Credit with the like the 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 arc of justice is long, but it bends towards the arc of time is long, but it bends towards justice. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, or maybe uh, maybe that's what radicalised him into being such a fucking cunt. I, I suspect like losing most, to Larry Myers and shit. Yeah, like the um, like he just the, thought, the universe hates me. I might as well become a Trump supporting Saudi backing fucking flute rag. I suspect much he like keeps like getting the, his cock yeah, out, even he, though it's absolutely unnecessary. Oh, yeah. No, much like the he's only an asshole when he's drunk. No, you're just an asshole. I think. Norman was always a cunt. He just hit it very, very well. Hit it under the hat, perhaps, which is mostly all he wears these days. But it was the eighties. All you needed was a brand. Yeah, that's right. And and a good golf game on the Sunday. Like it was. Uh, well, a good game on Thursday through Saturday. Well, no, that, that was the funny thing was that Norman was always like the the coming from behind. You know, the Sunday charge was was the thing. It was just something happened at the Masters with his head. That um, perhaps, you know, as they say, there's only enough blood in the human body to, to feed one of two things. And we all know where he's went to, obviously. <laughs> he kept trying to club up at the worst possible moments. That's right. Uh, so anyway, that's our golf coverage. Thank you for uh, this TED Talk. Well, it's, better, it's probably more cheerful talking about Greg Norman's um, Big Bertha than talking about the um, winds pool, which oh, is look. extremely cooked. And went went it, it escalated quickly. Yeah, like I, remember- I mean, my chances got stabbed with a trident. You know, literally just at the All Star break, we were neck and neck, and then suddenly, I, I think last I looked, I was twenty games down, and I was thinking, I don't think I can win from here because there's I, about five yeah. games left. And I feel feel like what makes look, and I you know, I admit I was. My, my prophetic words of the podcast, I, I think I said like, "Fuck you, LeBron. I have to pick you, but fuck you. I know you're going to fuck me." Well, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I should use that kind of energy to pick for next year because. Well, that's kind of a question that that Bees and I were kind of wondering about was, 
the idea that you you had you decided to, you you decided that you had to pick the Lakers at it, you, the second pick, and you were glad that you didn't have the first pick because you thought someone else was going to pick the Lakers at the first pick. Apparently, you've never met either Bezo or I, but <laughs> it's it's very clear that the Lakers bus has has oh. you know, final episode of of young one style spoilers uh, gone off the cliff and exploded. It's um. It's it's very done, and it doesn't seem like. I mean, you could see LeBron's got a year left on his contract, and you could see him walking after that. In fact, you can even see the Lakers potentially trading him if they get the feeling that he's going to do that. Yeah, I just I just don't know what. But I mean, what do the Lakers then do to make the place better? Like, it's just they're a dumpster fire. They have to get right? younger because they're just they're just a collection of really old fucking but, wash dudes. Is, but they the problem with that is is will their fan base deluded as they much are? Will they you know if you're going to get a young you know that's a two to three four five year kind of rebuild, and will their fans let them do that? Like, you know, I mean, I mean, the fans will do what it will. will you know, they never liked LeBron anyway because he's not Kobe. Yeah, that's right. But Kobe had a lot of help too, like they, like they all did. I mean, you know, and yeah, legal help often enough. Yeah, that's right. Oh, but no, I mean, their season is just yeah. You, know, you know, if you had to, I guess you know, everyone's talking about the most improved awards and coaches of the year. If there was an inverse NBA awards, I think the Lakers would win nearly every single <laughs> most- one of them. <laughs> The and, most fucking young ones bust off the cliff. Like, uh, well, and, and this is and this the is most all the time when LeBron's going to win. Probably, uh, is he going to win the scoring? I don't. Well, I don't think he's going to play enough games. Yeah, because he needed to play two more games, and he sat out yesterday's game. So I don't think. Yeah. Um, I don't think he can do it now because he's probably just going. Oh fuck this shit! I'm done. Like it probably it's a bit of a. You know, I don't think he wants that to be the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, he doesn't yeah. want to be because it's he, he's in it bad enough. Fucking. Odor with with the fan base. If he goes in there and, and is looking for what is absolutely a personal accolade in a year where the team fucking sucked, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that his he and his people put together a shitty roster. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He, he's gonna, and I mean, it's gonna be Giannis, and that's you know entirely defensible to have him win the scoring title because he's really good. Yeah, he's really good at scoring. And his team's really good. He's really good at everything else, and and he's and it'll be you know I think he's going to miss out on the MVP because. Yeah, I think Jokic, um, Jokic is more likely to get it. I think. Yeah, I see. Even yeah. though Embiid's fucking shooting coach keeps fucking tweeting for him like he's Daryl Morey's burner oh, account. Oh, look at <laughs> look, and Embiid's made a good case for it, I guess. But I just excellent case. The yeah. problem is we have three dudes who you could completely defensively give it to. It will be interesting. And to see Embiid how the might be the third fall, of those. Like how split the votes are to go, you know, because that's I think they're due Monday. I heard so, which and then we don't find out till like. Game four of the finals, or something like that, which yeah, is completely stupid. By which like, time the narrative is completely changed. Like, you know, you could be giving it to someone who completely shut the bed in the first round of the yeah, playoffs, which just play- happened in the. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki got got that the first yeah, the end of the playing the tournament the done. There you go. Everybody's got an award. Thanks for coming. See you later. Off yes. to Cancun with you, everybody else. You know, that's like I just don't. Yeah. Well, is this generation so obsessed with participation medals? <laughs> I don't know, Granddad. Who's giving them the participation medals? It could be you. That's right. Yeah. Um, boomers. So well, the we- reason I brought up the Lakers was that, you know, assuming we do this wins pool again, and assuming we can oh, convince I'm- you to take part yeah, a third absolutely, time, absolutely. Um, it, the Lakers are going to be what the the Knicks were in the early years of, of the of the wins pool, where Bezo didn't know, but I was trying to end up with landing him with the Knicks yes. for the entire first year draft, and and the punchline hit right at the end where he realised what I'd done, and he had no choice but to take the Knicks. 
Um, and then the next year we were just basically trying to doing you know, completely fucking up our draft board in order just to not end up with, just to make sure we gave the other person the next. I think the Lakers are going to be in that situation. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, you know, and and how far they fall. Like you look at the seat, the teams below them, and you know the Rockets, the Thunder, this or oh, the Kangs will be the Kangs, I guess. But you know the Rockets, the, the Thunder, and the Rockets had. You know, depending on what they move, uh, likely to maybe make a bit of a move up. More likely the Thunder than the Rockets, probably. But depending on how they sort of go, there's enough potential in the young ones there. And you know, hopefully the Giddy Kitty, as I've been calling him, um, rather. I'm sure he loves that. Yeah, he rang me the other day and said, "Listen, can't stop calling me that." No, yeah, that's um, that's not true. Um, he texted you. I, it's been, you know, I've been, I've been watching a bit of basketball lately, which is you know handy when I'm on a basketball podcast. Um, but the most interesting game, I, I, I thought when I thought when I turned it on and saw who it was, I thought, oh, this could be an interesting game. And then five minutes later, it wasn't an interesting game. And then forty minutes later, it kind of was. And was the Suns Clippers game the other day with the Suns B team basically being rolled out and down thirty nine points um, because Chris Paul just seemed to feel like punishing them for whatever they'd done in winning everything. Um, and then, of course, they only lost... But you know, If you had a look at the end of the day and saw that they lost by four, it doesn't really tend to tell the story of the game. But what I think it does... Big comebacks are much more of a thing of the NBA these days. In a way, they I mean, just won. They, 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 they sat Paul as well. And, um, and not Paul, Chris Paul. Um, what am I talking about? Okay. Paul, yeah. Because um, Paul, Paul needs a few games just to yeah. get the rust off. But they just... But he's, he's, he looks fine. He's back to his yeah. flopping and snarling and, and complaining to the ref's best. Mid-range, so. mid you know, death by mid-range, which um, was going really well for DeMar Rosen until they just started free-falling down the, the east in the Bulls. But anyway, um, I, I just think the fact that these guys, you know, they're basically their B-side, the Suns, came back from 39 points and had a decent look at winning that game when they had no right to, basically says a 1-8 series between the Suns and the Clippers is going to be very ugly. Um, and the Suns Unless Kawhi comes back. Yeah, do you think he will? He's practising. Yeah, but... Yeah. Like practising properly, not just, you know, getting a few shots up. So... Yeah, do you think it's he's going to make that? It depends. If, if the Clippers... The Clippers have got a 7-8 against, um, cool. against Memphis... Not Memphis. Uh, against Minnesota. Minnesota in their future. That's, I mean, that's a winnable game. Even though Minnesota have been a better team across the, across the course of the journey, the Clippers right now, and of course the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard, even if he comes back and just don't, you know, just you just put him on the end of the bench and scare people with him. Yeah. Uh, they're um, the ghost of Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, it's just the ghost of Kawhi. Just a cardboard cutout of Kawhi. I, I just think, yeah, I just, I, I still think my, I was almost going to go double or nothing on a, um, on a finals bracket thing, but I mean, I hate buying beer at the best of times, so I probably shouldn't buy twice. Um, I, I still think it's a, it's a Suns, the Suns will make it out of the West. Like I just, just think they're playing too well, and they, I think they, you know, they've been there, they've done it. Don't know that anybody else uh, over seven games is gonna is gonna do it, and and maybe. Yeah. And, and, and in all likelihood, they'll probably end up facing the Bucks. That's a bit closer on that side. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the Heat... Go. I mean, the Heat have been playing really, really well again. The Celtics, obviously, have been playing really, really well. Toss a coin and figure out which 76ers turn up in the playoffs. The Bucks, uh, you know, Giannis will just start melting worlds. So, I mean, that's that's going to be where the race is, I think, in the East. is the West... <laughs> 
you could make a call for any of the top five, certainly the top four, but any of the top five in the um in the East could come out of the East. I mean, right down to Toronto, who've been playing, you know, just like Boston have been. They've been on an absolute tear mm-hmm. for the last couple of yeah. months since the All Star yeah, break, eight and two, and you know. And- in the last bit, it's really sort of, and it's yeah. so close. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, they're a forty-seven win team. There are only five wins behind Miami, who have locked up the the number one. Only set. eleven games between first and the plane, like and in the tenth. tenth yeah. yeah. Whereas if you look at the same in the oh. in the um, in the west, yeah, there's like thirty I, games you, plus. I think. The, and this is the this is was the thing I was going to pose. Looking at it, there is the very real possibility that the forty-six win Minnesota Timberwolves could fall out of the the playoffs. To yeah. a thirty-six win team, or you know, or, thir- or even yeah, a if they go out in straight sets, team, they, you know? to, they, uh, they can end up losing to the Spurs. And but, kind of, yeah, you know, win your games. That's yeah, that's I, kind I, of what I, we got. I guess yeah. If, I wonder if somewhere along the line, because I do like the idea of the playing tournament, but I wonder if somewhere along the line there has to kind of be a a qualifying kind of thing that you need to be within. You know, if you're not within ten games of the side that you're chasing or so many games then do you really yeah it's all yeah i tried that in the first year with the bubble one and it kind of comes down to if you're a a 10 game a season better team just beat them you'll be better than them yeah it's true i mean that is true i mean but i guess the problem comes that one and dones are always sort of you know someone yeah someone turns inherently variable but that's the whole point of i mean Super Bowls are one and done. Yeah, um, great. you know it's like a grand. I, I, I look, it's just sort of it's something. I, I I don't think it will happen. I, I honestly can't see either the Pelicans or the Spurs taking either like taking the Clippers or the Timberwolves spots. I could see the Pelicans um, potentially maybe. taking the Clippers spot. Yeah. I could I could see if the Clippers lose if if the Clippers don't get um, Kawhi back. I could see the Clippers losing to Minnesota and then losing to the Pelicans because yeah. the Pelicans have been. Have been reasonably good just recently. Mind you, the Pelicans have got to beat the Spurs too, which yeah, the Spurs have been playing yeah. pretty pretty reasonably as well. So, God, yeah. I mean, how I'm not sure. Like they have no, neither New Orleans or San Antonio have any right really to be as high, apart from the fact they just seem to keep winning, which I guess is how Pop coaches works. them up. You know, yeah. this is probably one of Pop's favourite seasons because he's literally just doing it with kids. Yeah, I mean, I need to rephrase that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> they got a bit Jimmy Savile. Yeah, yeah. He's it. It's clearly you can pin a lot of it on, on his ability to coach him up, particularly because he's you know a lot of his his lead assistants have gone off to, gone on to bigger and, and brighter things. Borrego in um, Charlotte, I think it's Charlotte. Is it Charlotte or Orlando? He's over there in one of the teal teams. Um, Emma Adoka went off to um, Brooklyn and then on to coach the the Boston Celtics. It's an interesting sort of. I mean, it doesn't not that it really matters because I mean the, the Nets can take. Seventh off the Cavs. I'm pretty sure if the Cavs lose and the Brooklyn wins, and I think Brooklyn get, I think yeah, yeah. I mean, not, Brooklyn not can end up in in they, the two in the two seven essentially if they win their well, play in game against well, yeah, them, and really they almost they pretty much have the the same record. Yeah. But the Nets aren't very good. Yeah, that's kind that's, of the thing. We're all terrified of the Nets, and they're not. Well, they're not very good. Well, I mean, it'd be like if they played some. What's that? What's that thing that you do on the other end? Oh, defense. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, great at offensive side, like everybody mm. knows all of it, but nobody plays defense. And no, just, well, they have one guy who could be playing defense, but apparently his back is fine. He's, so. he's got backs worse than mine. So, um, yeah. yeah, I just, every, I keep, you know, and you keep listening to no dunks and all the nets and the nets and the nets. And I'm thinking, well, the nets have 
got a you know their their first round is either against the Heat or against the Bucks. And do we really think that they're better than either of those sides? And I think the answer's no, except for KD maybe. But can KD carry him for four games? Like I just don't know that. That's what's going to happen. I, I would have really liked that that Toronto matchup, but unfortunately, Toronto are too good and have kind yeah. of won their way out of out of being an issue. Yeah, I, I think that would well, have been that's funny an as hell. One because I think that's the real there's there's the possibility for your upset in the and it, it probably won't be that much. But the Raps have got to be almost unless Embiid goes nuts. The Raps have got to be absolute specials to take out the. 76ers in the four five. Well, a little bit like you know the the Sixers and the Nets traded for these these you know landmark pieces, and much like landmark the cult, it turns out to be complete bullshit. Yeah. It, Harden is just wombling about, looking you know looking Terrible. like he's, he's he should be in a rest home, and and Simmons is is not even anywhere near a basketball court. Literally, it was like Andre Drummond and Seth Curry for you know that that, that that's actually where the trade. When, yeah, and yeah, it was, it was probably won it because the, the Nets got yeah. Seth Curry. That's who's been pretty much there. And you know, I know he's been out, but he's he's whenever he's been there, he's been good. Like he's been dramatically really underrated, Seth Curry, just because he's the little brother of. Yeah, that's right, and and has better three point stats for the year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, just doesn't take quite as many shots as what Steph does. And the other issue is that I think uh, Philly had to play in Toronto yesterday, and Matisse Tybel couldn't travel. And there was some suspicion that you know he's actually he might not be vaccinated, which is odd because he played in Tokyo. Yeah, but but he couldn't you know he, he was ineligible to play in Canada, and I don't know whether that's because he had you know outstanding warrants for his arrest in Canada or something. <laughs> yes. You know he bad mouthed Degrassi Junior High, or he said Drake's music was shit. Yeah, well, everybody said Drake's music was shit, but that's true. They said know. Drake was shit when he was on Degrassi Junior High. Blasphemed against poutine or something. I don't know. Oh, how could you? How can you knock poutine? It's the greatest thing ever. It's a short of a halal snack pack. It's yeah. It's the greatest thing that can be done with potatoes, isn't it? Halal is it meat you're looking for? <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, you can't look. You, know, you look at the the results over the last couple of days, and you can't take these at all because everyone is just looking. You know, they're just going enough with the regular season. Let's just everyone's maneuvering. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, you know, Phoenix basically rolling out the G League side, um, and still nearly it's, winning. It's interesting. I, I reckon Philly and potentially Boston, but certainly Philly looked like they weren't particularly keen to be facing up against the Nets. But there was some question about Milwaukee and Boston because they were all, you know, they're going to be 2-3 at the moment. Mm. And there was some just chat about, do, does either of them kick the clutch in so that they, they can completely eliminate the possibility of seeing Brooklyn in the first round? And last year, Milwaukee were in the same kind of position in that they would they were lining up with a with a potential matchup against Miami. And of course the year before in the bubble, Miami had absolutely stomped them and, you know, took their soul. Uh, but Milwaukee basically had a little team meeting last year and said, no, we're not scared of anybody. And they faced up to Miami and they didn't they didn't try and tank out of that matchup. Yeah. They faced them in, in the in that early round and they beat the shit out of them. And then they went on to win the thing. So I think Milwaukee have clearly signaled they're not here to be tanking out of any any playoff yeah. matchups. And if they get if they get the Nets in um in the first round, they'll they'll, they'll say, beauty, bring it on. And I mean, the problem for them as well is that tanking them might not just lose them. You know, if they had have actually sort of put the brakes on, it, you know, it might have not knocked them. You know, it could have knocked them all the way down to the bloody four seed or something like that. Like yeah. That's, you know, it's so tight at the top there. Like, you know, literally, literally the, you know, the Celtics, I think, oh, no, they're finished. So they're done. But I mean, if, if Milwaukee could walk No, I think they've got one more game left according to the, the thing I'm looking at. 81, is it, or 82? 82 games. Oh, yeah, one left. Milwaukee, Milwaukee got two, got games, two games left. 
I don't think anybody is is finished. Finished. No, it's um apart from apart from the Lakers. Yeah, and then and the Knicks who just actually yeah. the Lakers still have two games left, so it's still possible for LeBron to come out and um Win and get that scoring title. title. Will he though? Uh, they, they they're one in nine in the. Oh, I know. Here's the thing: LeBron injury update. Why Lakers shut down Star's season, ending his. Uh, so he's he's missed. He's gone with an ankle injury. So what what's funny is that his April Fool's prank was to say, "I'm done for the season. See you all next year," and it's absolute. It doesn't look like a April Fool's prank at all now. Apparently, his ankle injury is quote horrible. Mm. I mean, uh, much like the Lakers themselves. Actually, the Lakers did a reasonable job against the Dubs yesterday, given that they were down literally every one of, of their, you know, ancient starters. But the Dubs, I mean, that's the thing about the West, too. Are the Dubs a threat to anybody maybe post-first round? And you'd have to say... Not without Curry. Not, without- not after Marcus Smart fucking Smart, axed yeah, him. Yeah. In very, very Marcus Smart kind of way. The Dubs are not... Because Clay is such a... Uh, he, he's just completely unreliable in his current state. He mm. can occasionally, it'd be like Kyrie, he can get up and give you a huge bucket of points or he can give you absolutely fuck all. And he's not what he was on defense, unfortunately. The, um, the, the, yeah, he had a good game the other day, I guess. The, the, all the narrative, and I guess the same was about Kyrie. It was, uh, you know, it's easy to play really, really well when you get every second game off. <clears throat> and you can, yeah. Uh, and now he's back to playing back to backs and all that sort of stuff. And you think, and in, yeah, he's not, uh, he's not doing it. Yeah, it, it's going to be. I, I, I was really excited for some of the the series, and I'm, I'm kind of a little bit tempered about some of them, I guess. Now, I, I still, I mean, it, it gets. I'm just tempered because there's so much other shit on, and yeah. I had to fit everything in. The Masters, for example, is yeah, yeah, it's the Masters I'm watching. It's not, <laughs> it's not the. Formula One and V8 supercars being on the same bill. That's cars, isn't it? This weekend, there's a Formula One race, a supercars round, MotoGP, World Superbikes, IndyCar. I think there's a European sports car race. There's, oh, crush. There's just, it just doesn't end. There's a, there's a Formula E round. There's Supercross. There's fucking uh, Super Formula. Uh, yeah, so the Masters are, are, are a thing that I'm definitely going to pay a lot of attention to. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be gripped Golf's to, sick, to seeing how far Daniel Ricciardo can fall down the grid again. Yeah, well, I guarantee he'll be exactly three-tenths behind wherever Lando is. <laughs> yeah, I think... That's um, tough, man. That must that must be fucking... He is, he's having done to him what he did to Vettel. Yeah, oh, I guess it's always going to happen. And Vettel had a long and successful career afterwards and contended to world championships, but... That, that 2014 year where he went into Red Bull and he just he basically kicked Vettel's ass all season, mm. won three races. It and, was and, um, and, and you know not bad for the number two driver and all that sort of stuff. And all that. Yeah, well, but that, I mean, then when Verstappen came along, uh, Christian Horner, who never shuts the fuck up, he's he's incapable of shutting the fuck up, even when it's very very obvious that he needs to shut the fuck up. Um, is going on? Oh, you know, Daniel left for money. He should have stayed and been Max's number two. And it's like, well, we've seen over time what being the number two to um, the max, yeah. To 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 the to anybody to the to the golden child at Red Bull looks like it looks like Mark Webber having you know having parts taken off his car and put on a Seb Vettel's car yeah. just because fucking you know feelings. And yeah, and I'm not sure why. I mean, the thing that will keep 
Dan Ricciardo around Formula One for much longer than he probably needs to be is the fact that he is eminently marketable. Like he is yep. the, the, sm- and, the smile that could, you know, build civilizations. But and particularly over in the States because those er- that early season or two of Drive to Survive, um, Merck and Red Bull refused to participate. So they basically centered the whole thing around Dan Ricciardo. So Dan Ricciardo has a huge fan base in the States, and also because he leans into that stuff. You know, he likes yeah. to, you know, he's always keen for a photo op and a, and a so he's got lots and lots of, um, you know, he's in, uh, intensely marketable in that situation. You can see him after Formula One going off and having an, a, another career in IndyCar or something like that so that, you know, he can he, he could certainly write his own ticket. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the next time he wins and dies of a massive staff infection from from a shoey or something like that, um, that will be you know, like a Shane Warne untimely death kind of thing. But uh, <laughs> I, I, every line I, I thought of to follow up was would probably get me lynched in parts of uh, out of Western Melbourne. So um, I'm I'm, I'm going to let that one through to the keeper. Bowling Shane uh, has absolutely no idea what's happened to it. And still doesn't know. Still doesn't know. That's right. We still don't know what happened to it. I kind of I feel, with, I, I, I got kind a few of, ideas what happened to him. Yeah, I kind of. I don't know. Maybe the whole thing. Maybe I'm just an insensitive bastard. But much like the Peter Brock legend, the, the retelling of, of Shane Warne's uh, legacy and and skills and life in his death is uh, very rose. What do we need bastard. to sanctify these people? Yeah, they I, were probably they were bastards in certain ways. Yeah, I'm sure he was a. You know, if you were a, a rich you know, um, entitled superstar of entertainment or sport, then he was probably a really good bloke to be around. But, uh, and, you know, if you, you know, you, just because he signs you an autograph doesn't make him the, just means he's doing his job. But, I mean. Well, to bring it back around to the top, um, you could absolutely see him going full Greg Norman, you know, promoting some fucking huge death empires. Um, mm, yeah, um, that's right. Rebel cricket tour. You could see him taking, you know, being being the front man for some bullshit Saudi rebel cricket thing while, you know, absolutely doing far too many Instagram posts with his dick out or supporting Putin or whatever else. You could you could absolutely have seen a 60-year-old a, a warning, you know, being that sort of dude. So, you know, sometimes it's probably better to, to tap out when you have the opportunity. Fair the flame. Greg Norman had just been, you know, hit by lightning somewhere in his late 40s. Uh, the, none of this the, could have the been best thing that came out of that Rebel Golf League uh, is that Phil Mickelson's not playing golf at the moment, which I'm all down for because that guy is a flute of the highest order. And, um, well, let's let's be fair. I think a lot of golf probably attracts horrible Tory wankers. White bread. Yeah. Um, but oh, those quotes that Mickelson gave were just so incredibly tone deaf. He's like, yeah, the Saudis fucking kill journalists and they're horrific people and, and women, you know, women are treated like subs. You know, you have to be a complete arsehole to get, to get into business with them. But I have the opportunity to get one over the fucking PGA. So, you know, you've got to take this opportunity. He was like, you said the quiet part loud and yeah. the part that should have been silent loud. That's right. Speaking of people who should be saying the silent part, not at all, uh, that was a special episode of Bulls Podcast. Thanks, Adam, for, for joining us. Well and uh, we'll talk to you again at some stage in the future. Yeah. I got myself a brand new Big Bertha driver. Gonna take it to the range. Take it to the range. I got myself a new Big